Welcome to the Humane Roundup Podcast, where we share all the exciting stories about animal cruelty investigations, dangerous animals, and amazing rescues. Find out what goes on inside of animal shelters and all the current trends in the animal welfare industry. Now, here is your host, Daniel Edinger. And his advantageous co-host, Ashley Bishop. How you doing, Ashley? I'm good. How are you? You know, I'm wonderful. It is a beautiful cold morning here in the western world of Colorado. How about you? Uh, it's supposed to get up into the 60s today, so I'm excited. (laughs) That's fantastic. Well, you know, we're excited. We have a good show here coming up. We have an awesome guest that I'm excited to to get on the show. That Someone wrote a book about this stuff, about animal control, and so we can't wait to hear more and more about that. That is going to be exciting stuff. I've been told to write a a book. I'm going to write a bike. Wow. Write a bike? How do you write a bike? (laughs) Well, you know, B-I-K-E. There, I did it. It's B-O-O-K, though. If I wrote a book, it would be in crayon. So I don't know (laughs) how that's going to turn out. But uh... I've got jokes, but we're not going to go there. I don't want to lose any. We also, we're going to have jokes later because our our guest also is a comedian. So it's going to be exciting. But make sure you check us out on Instagram and Facebook. That's Humane Roundup on both of those platforms. You also have h.o.bishop and animal protection officer daniel on those platforms as well so please check us out there uh like rate share the podcast we want you know people in a in our profession to know that we're here for you we are here for you and we we discussed that last episode make sure you check that out we talked about some of the um misconceptions of the profession and and dove in a little bit more on mental health and we we are here for you. We see you. So, and we know that you go through some shit, which we'll talk about uh, with our guest speaker here. Speaking of going through some ish, uh, you know, I know we rate our podcast as explicit, but then I like, I wonder, oh, well, I'm professional, so I might need to keep it clean. I don't know. I, I think it's fine. Like swearing, is swearing okay? Swear? Can you swear? Do you swear ever in the field? Um... That's a good question. If I have, it's only been once or twice, but it's only to meet the person at where they're at. Mm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not just going in and being like, "Hey, you're just a dumbass," you know, whatever. Well, you should never do that. <laughs> but we know Clearly. people have. <laughs> Clearly, you should never do that. Um, but um, if if I have, it's only been once or twice. Um, but I. I will say that I have seen some of the officers that I work with who I feel are very, they are very professional. They do get a good rapport with people, mm-hmm. um, do it. And so it, in my opinion, it's language. It's, it's their words. Words can't hurt me. Um, well, okay. I guess that's not correct anymore. Is it, but it, it's, a way of expressing yourself and if it wasn't so socially unacceptable i probably would you know let my kids as long as they're not using the words at me potentially use the words but just let them get a little bit older before i start doing that 
I will totally say went this. off in random tangent. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know where the hell you just went. I'm trying to pull it back in here. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this from a swear swearing perspective, and you may disagree as a listener or even you. I will say this. If if you're well in, in any any room, if you're swearing at somebody, like F you or what the F are you talking about or uh, that's bullshit or et cetera, et cetera, that's an issue. I will say this though. If you're if you know your audience and you're having a conversation, and let's just say that individual is angry at their neighbor and they're like, I hate that person, they're lying, fuck this, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, it sounds like you think they're full of shit. That is so fine, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're meeting them, like you said, on their level. You're not you're not personally using those words at them. You're using those words to describe something how they already feel, right? Um, yeah, that sounds like it's bullshit. Or I'd be mad. I'd be fucking pissed too, or whatever. Like those things. Again, know your audience. You're not going to say that in a situation where there's a six year old kid next to the parent. Right. But you might say that in a situation that. And I'm not sitting here and encourage go swear at the community <laughs> today. Everybody just swear out loud. But I'm saying that from a level of like, you can still be professional. And say a word that may not be professional, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. And in, not that I go out there and just swear all the time, but there have been instances that I have swore. Yeah. Well, and they have done studies on it, on it, and supposedly the studies say that somebody who does use more of that type of language uh, tend to be more honest. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which, more relatable. I mean, yeah, and let me tell you, at home <laughs> or even around the office, um, you know, we're as long as there's not little ears around, we're allowed to say whatever we want around the office, even. Um, mm-hmm. So, I I have got a sailor's mouth. I won't lie. Yeah, I so. and there's in my opinion, as long as it's done with tact, I guess that's the way yeah. to do it, right? Um, as long as it's done with tact. Then I mean, really, what's there's no issue, right? If you did swear and somebody and you like realized, okay, that was uncomfortable, then apologize and move on, right? You're not yep. swearing at them, uh, you know. I think that's what's important. So as we as we move into it, there might be some swear words that fly around here for the rest <laughs> of the episode. I'm actually really excited. And let's just, are you ready to get our get, get our guest on? I am. I am um, also ready to get our guest on. I'm excited to introduce. It is. Xavier Poole, who is a former animal control officer, current comedian, host of the Trap Nerds podcast, which is on the Black Effect podcast network. What is up, Xavier? How you doing? How you guys doing, man? Thanks. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks. We're excited. Being here. I I just want to say I am a firm believer in letting kids cuss. I like cussing kids. Like. You got and, and you got to wake up every. I wake up every morning and cuss at least six times before I leave the day. So I'm I cuss everybody. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm with cussing. My kids. I got a nine and eleven year old, and they love. I don't know if y'all know who Olivia Rodrigo is. Um, she got yeah. her driver's license last week, just like she's always talked about. Anyway, uh, you know we listen to her album, and she swears a little bit on it. And every time she swears, they shut up. They won't even say the swear word. I'm like, you can say the swear word around <laughs> dad. It's totally fine. Uh, I have to say that uh, for my girls, when they were two years old, I was I happened to be putting clothes away. They were in bed sleeping, and one of my daughters hit her head on the wall, and in her sleep goes, "Damn it." And I'm like, 
That is fantastic. You even used it correctly in your sleep. You taught her well. <laughs> All right, Xavier, let's jump in really quick. So for our listeners, uh, we always like to have our, our guests kind of come on and just tell a little bit of their background and kind of how they got started in the industry and what they do now. Well, um, I, well, you know, I, I heard uh, on your earlier episode that, you, you know, some people get into the profession not knowing. And that's how I was. I got into it. I, I like animals. I always loved animals. I got into it. I did it for about seven years. Uh, being an animal control officer, and that's it. Just happened out of nowhere. I wanted to be a police officer, that wasn't really working out because school wasn't really working out. And I found animal control, and I mean, it, it, and, and fell in love with it. So um, started doing that, and yeah, you know, working in the city of Dallas, uh, we had the fourth largest animal intake, and uh, we saw a lot. There's a lot going on, and it, never a dull day. But, uh, yeah, that, you know, that's just basically my background as far as animal control. Oh, and so then, what, yeah, go ahead, Bishop. Uh, I was mm-hmm. just going to say, well, where, where are you at now? What are you doing now? Uh, right now, uh, I'm working on, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those follow my dreams type person. Uh, <laughs> so when I, when I got out of animal control, I wrote my book and then I got into stand up. Uh, my podcast got signed by the Black Effect Network, and I've been doing stand up and improv improv at Dallas Comedy Club also. So you know, I'm I'm taking a completely different route from animal control, but I still do volunteer uh, uh, quite frequently. You know, in animal care and control. Fantastic, man. Do you in your in your comedy stuff? Do you ever throw back to your days as an animal control officer? Is there ever any any jokes that you you know? get at with it with the profession or, or situations that you dealt with i do i have one where uh, um i was looking for a cat in this 80 year old lady's house and i found her huge vibrator under her bed <laughs> while looking for a cat yeah so i, <laughs> I mentioned it a lot uh what a lawyer told me to eat his ass out one time and oh uh, yeah so it's, it's so much comedic human there humor there so yeah i mentioned a lot in my act Prosecuting attorney or defense attorney? <laughs> he was a prosecuting attorney actually for the city of Dallas. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I hope he's listening to this episode. I hope he is too. Because I'm, yeah. I, I make fun of him a lot now that I can. You can't do that when you're under the badge, but now I can. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you just got to be careful about his name sometimes because you know how they like to kind of say your defamation of character and all that good stuff. But, well, it sounds like you got a fun life and, and some really valuable experiences. And I want people to know you have this book. It's called Arrived on Scene. It's the diary of Roy Zander. And it looks like uh, you wrote, so you said you wrote this book after you left the profession. Yes. Uh, yeah, I actually, I left the profession January, 2020. I started writing the book in February, 2020. So who is Roy Zander? It's a, uh, my character I made up cause, uh, okay. a lot of these characters in the book are made up. The stories are real, Got uh, it. but you know, uh, to protect people's name and protect the stories and everything like that. I, I, you know, created personas. I'm also a big fan of comic books and everything. So I kind of wanted to add that kind of, uh, feeling to it by creating my characters like like i did so yeah rosander is uh the main um is it protagonist main protagonist of the story i like it i like it I, I know we just got the book i know bishop you read a little bit of it right now and i'm hoping to read some of it as i oh, i finished it you are what how do you read so fast it's a quick read it's a quick read 
<laughs> well, for people that know how to read clearly, but for me, uh, <laughs> yeah, geez. I'll tell you, Dan doesn't know how. Uh, I don't know. It's cool. I got dyslexia. I'm with you, Dan. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm with you. All right, cool. So, I, Bishop, since you read the book, jump into it. What did you think? It it was good. It hit home, and holy shit, man, have you seen some stuff? Um, like I've I talked about on the I don't know this episode, last episode, I don't know. Um. I I've seen a lot of things. I've I've been asked to by the coroner to help move bodies because they didn't have enough people to move them and stuff. But uh, you know, you've got some stories in there and symphony. Oh my god, dude! Could you have at least told us at the more at the beginning as to what her outcome was? Because like the rest of the book, I was like, what happened? Symphony. Did she live? Did she die? Like, what What happened with that? That's called a tease. That's how they keep that, you hooked. Oh. They gotta keep you hooked so you finish the book. <sighs> well, uh, Symphony actually is alive. I think I mentioned her in a later yes. chapter. Uh, yeah, the last one. And she's gonna be in a big part in the second book also. So, yeah, she's... Good. A lot of people liked her story. That's I, fantastic. It, it was one of those stories that as I was reading it, I was like, oh, I bet you I know what's gonna happen. And the fact that it's it's so real um you know like you said this is this is not fiction these are real stories that you've gone through you've only changed their names um which i just want to emphasize again everybody mental health is worth your time yes check your check your mental health get in somewhere with somebody talk to a friend reach out to us make it worth your time and spend Absolutely. time on it. I, and there's so many different outlets. And it looks like, Xavier, you found your outlet. Like that that obviously was a passion of yours before getting out of the profession. Did you do comedy while you were still doing animal control? Or is it just something that you were like, I know I want to do this and this is how I'm going to get to this next level? I actually been wanting to do comedy for a long time. I've been so engulfed in it for years, but I didn't start doing it until April. And I, it's, it's one of those things where I, sh- I was like, why haven't I been doing this for the, you know, because like six months later, I'm already uh, hosting my own open mic. Uh, you know, I'm building a good rapport at, with the people at Dallas Comedy Club. And, you know, it, it yeah, it's a really good outlet, you know, really good on me mentally. And, you go through a lot, so much pain, and <laughs> see so much stuff. <laughs> Being a comedian is, 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 I think a lot of ACOs would be good comedians. Just putting that out there. <laughs> I agree, and, and and you talk about that's a real, a real thing. Is like we in our profession, as you know, we deal with so much pain, and and in working in a city like Dallas, I could imagine the frequencies of calls. Like I work in a big city, not a big city like Dallas, but it is a big city comparatively, especially to somewhere like where Bishop's at. She's in a small, more of a small city, right? And so like you, the frequency and things that you're seeing things on may, you know, take someone like Bishop just based on her call volume and and types of calls, et cetera. It may take her several years to see something that you've seen in, in a year or six months, right? Just because of the the mere size of Dallas. And so, you know, just having that, that, that outlet, that ability to, how do I, you know, express it, whether it is seeing a counselor, whether, whether it is writing this stuff out, whether it is, you know, doing comedy or having a podcast of your own. And we're, we haven't even really jumped into the trap nerds and I want to get there in a second, but 
you got to find those outlets. And and for me, mm-hmm. one of my things is I just like to run, you know, it doesn't necessarily get me anywhere, but I like to run and it helps me process some of that stuff. So having that outlet, uh, being able to, to not necessarily always think about those, those demons that we face every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, I mean, what you said kind of stuck with me. Cause like, yeah, I I've only did it for seven years. I know people that's done it for 20 years and 15 years that like they think that I've been in it as long as they have. Because, mm. I mean, you see so much and, uh, you know, we, we we had, I think I already mentioned that we had like the fourth largest intake in, in America. And mm-hmm. we, I think in one day we probably do like maybe 20 to 30 calls um, at, in the city of Dallas. And like, but yeah, it's, it, <laughs> it's a lot. It was a lot. And it, it really it really accelerated my experience doing that so many times, so much doing so much work with that. Absolutely. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Do you want to jump into the trap nerds podcast? Let's, let's hear a little bit about what you do on that as well. And, and, and where, where our listeners can find it at. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, speaking of, like I said, y'all was talking about cursing earlier. We're my, my, the podcast trap nurse podcast is very explicit. <laughs> we cuss a lot. <laughs> we say a lot of stuff. We cuss a lot. Um, it's about like comic books, anime gaming. You know, we do a lot of movie reviews. Yeah. We're, we're actually getting ready today to, to do a review of the Eternals. So yeah, that's like our main focus on there. And it's something for like, um, not just black people, you know, it's for all people, but like we main focus is, is on people of color, but we have fans from all different races. So we're doing, so that's how I know we're doing good. When we have a diverse fan base, I know we're doing good. So, you know, it's the Trap Nurse Podcast. We stream new episodes every Monday on the Black Effect Network uh, on iHeartRadio. And you can get it wherever you get podcasts from. And it, it's, a, it, it's a really funny, really good podcast. I want to, first off, I want to congratulate you for being able to, to get signed to the network the you know, the black effect network, that's awesome stuff right there. I mean, you're on there with some heavy hitters too. It's not just, it's not just the, you know, the, the black effect network, I think is Charlemagne is on there. I mean, you got some big, big heavy hitters on there, man. Like, you're, huge. You, you was talking about yeah. Friday uh, earlier. Yeah. Yeah, uh, last... Michael Blackson, who was actually on a Friday movie. He's on that network. Like, yeah, heavy hitters on there. So, you know, we're building something cool, and we're on, we're the only show of its kind on that network. So, that's yeah. awesome, man. And well, c- congratulate, congratulations for that. And I, I think oh. it's co- cool to see how our profession can be a stepping stone to something else too. And so, mm-hmm. we're we're grateful that that you get it, you understand it. And hey, maybe one day you'll get into a movie and you can portray <laughs> us as not the dog catcher. How does that sound, yes. man? Can you hold that up. That's what I am working on. Yes, I want I want ACOs to be portrayed as something different. We're not just people who pick up your dog and euthanize them. We're more than that. And yes, I plan to do that. Well, good, man. That's that's something that we'd love to see, and and we're you know we're happy to to have um, you represent us because it sounds like you're doing a great job already of that. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. So 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 Dan so. <laughs> Um, that's her that's her go-to that's my go-to i always that's, start everything with so so it's fine <laughs> <laughs> um I, going back to the book a little bit like i said i read the whole thing um and talking about some things that we talked about in our last episode what kind of personal protective equipment did you have when when working for dallas 
Uh, we did have vests. Um, okay. Vests were awesome. Uh, they were uncomfortable. It's some something to get used to, but we we had vests. Um, only thing I care a lot of ACOs. Uh, I, I'm not knocking ACOs that do this, but a lot of ACOs they have a whole utility belt of like mm-hmm. everything on it. All I cared was a catch pole. Was an extra long catch pole, and I had my vest, and that got me out of every single situation that I've been in as an ACO. And uh, also had my partner who was very smart. Um, he he all he had was a snappy snare. I was a catch pole guy. He had the snappy snare, and we see Dan snappy snares are cool. Uh-uh. Lariats. He was in Texas. <laughs> this man should know how to throw a lariat. That, that, what? I don't care, man. You know what? I don't know how, and I really want to. Man, I could um, never get me one, but I wanted to learn how the guys at Fort Worth, the Fort Worth, Texas, use lariats, and it's so cool. It is cool. Can you? You said something just a second ago. Did you ride with a partner? Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, for three years, um, yeah. we had... And then the we, night he didn't, there was trouble. Yeah. Oh, that must be from the book, huh? Yes. <laughs> for three years, uh, me and him, uh, we worked the deep night shift, which was from 10 p.m. to 8 a.m. Okay, um, wow. Yeah, it was just, we were the only two ACOs running the whole city of Dallas. Uh, on, you know, every shift's supposed to have eight officers on it. Uh, not counting the senior and the supervisor. So this shift had two, and we was running the whole city. So after hours, we're on call for emergencies, right? And, mm-hmm. and it's again not the same size as Dallas. But like, were you? Was it steady overnight? Like, were you getting calls? Oh yeah, we was we was getting uh, we was always busy overnight. We because um, at first the deep nights numbers was like 60 animals a month we got on and we bumped it up to about 350 a month that we were picking up dogs wow. and cats wow. and, yeah and we we had that uh shift with our supervisor alan davis um he he passed away actually he had uh he we was really close with him he was like a brother like we was like a brotherhood on that shift and he um passed away he had heart problems and uh, but when we when we had that shift with him, we we rocked it like we used to take up, take the city by storm. We loved it, and he was the most amazing person ever. That's um, it's good to have those people. It's good to have those people, whether it's in in our profession, in our personal life. Uh, but that support, the, the people that you can call family, even if they're mm-hmm. not blood, you mm-hmm. know. So I definitely appreciate that. <clears throat> what what would you say is your biggest takeaway? Like after leaving the job you know, doing something else. It sounds like it's been a few years since you've been out of the game. What do you like? What is your biggest takeaway from the profession? Um, mental health is definitely important. Um, I, I, I'm glad you guys mentioned that so much and I, I can't mention that. Um, I can't mention that enough. Uh, and it, cause, cause there's so much stuff that I saw that I, cause I grew up in, in a, low income neighborhood. I grew up in the hood. And you know, I already seen stuff as a kid. I it was so much stuff that I saw doing uh animal control. The stuff that I saw as a kid is like a cakewalk. Like it so crazy. And like so it you gotta get control of your mental health. Because while I was working that job, my mental health was deteriorating bad. And it didn't start getting better for me until I started working my mental health. And like, so that that's one big takeaway is like having a strong mental health would get you through a lot. So you got to work on that. Would you say that it was triggering to some of the, the childhood things that you saw 
that you know you were exposed to in the field as a as an officer like just being around some of the elements that maybe just brought you back to like those experiences as a kid it, it was because like the one where the the um i have a book a chapter in there where a family was murdered that happened actually i think maybe five minutes away from where i stayed so like that was really triggering because as a kid I, w- I always heard gunshots at night and now i'm a grown-up i'm seeing what those gunshots are doing you know because mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. i was a kid i would have heard them same gunshots that went off at that house where we didn't know where that family was killed and so it was it was really triggering like it was like wow like it was like a mind-blowing thing that i had to suppress that i shouldn't have suppressed that i probably should have went to therapy about but that i suppressed but let's and let's be honest about it like and I, I can kind of relate to growing up in, in neighborhoods, probably very, very similar uh, to, to where you grew up in some aspects, mm-hmm. except for the South part of it. We didn't have like, um, you know, the Southern love or that Southern accent. <laughs> we had, we, we, we had winters, we had snow anyway, but I will say that like, let, let's be honest in, in the hood or just really in general, but we'll talk in the hood. Like you can't have feelings, especially as a man. You right. see what I'm saying? Yes. You can't you can't be like, well, you can't you can't say like, well, I'm I'm gonna go see a therapist today and talk about this, this, and this. Like that's not you're and looked like, at as weak or crazy. You gonna see or a therapist? You gonna see a yeah. therapist? You crazy boy? You don't need to see no therapist. <laughs> that's it's so and it's sad. It, it's sad, right? Because there's this image of like to be to be because um, it's all about respect in the hood, right? Like to be respected is like you have to have this persona of this tough tough guy to me the toughest people are the ones that can accept that they have issues and accept the fact that they need some help and can grow from that now i don't know how we get through to some of these young kids that think that you know it's about you know gun violence or it's about running with gangs or selling drugs like that's a that's a whole different podcast we don't even need to go down that uh, (laughs) right now but it's just i'm proud of you for being able to um you know to be an extension of you know, your environment and show it in a positive way and say like, Hey, you know, something good can come from it. Yeah, definitely. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know that's one thing. I know a lot of ACOs will see eye to eye on. So. Touching back to the book and that particular story. Do you have any idea where the little girl, I, I think you mentioned that she, they came and got the dogs and they went to live with her. Have, do you know anything more about her since then? Uh, I don't like that's one thing about calls. I mean, once we got the dogs, that's it. You know, that's that's all that's all we know about it. We got the dogs. Somebody's going to pick up the dogs. That's all we know. So I don't necessarily know much more about it. You know, I mean, it was kind of like a really big, you know, situation that happened. It didn't it it didn't make it to the news or anything. So that's how much this goes to show how much, uh, you know, a lot of murders was happening around that time in the city of Dallas. Sure. Yeah, and but B- Bishop, you f- probably find that too. Is a lot of our cases don't hit the news, right? Like you work yeah. on several cases that are newsworthy, and you're like, "Hmm, I'm surprised they didn't get a hold of that one." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, part of it for us right now, especially, is because all of our radio transmissions are scrambled. So the news outlets can't just listen. They've mm. got to be tipped off somehow about them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which is 
nice. Um, but that, that came from a very big shooting that we had here um, a couple of years ago in 2017. Um, but it... it there's a catch 22 with that because sometimes it would be nice to have the public's backing on some of them. Um, well, the reason I bring it up too is like, imagine if they saw some of the negative stuff that we deal with and mm. then the positive outcomes. So it's like you maybe have a, a cruelty case that you're investigating and sure it's a sad outcome for the animal. And maybe that's why the news media doesn't want to pick it up, but then you get, you get justice for that animal, right? You get, the criminal, you know, violation and, and you get them sentenced to X, Y, and Z, whether it is j jail time or mental health or whatever it may be, like then the public can see the work that you're doing, right? They see it in a positive way versus that, you know, they, they don't really hear about it. So they don't know that it's happening. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't ever see that happening with the media, at least not the way the media is right now. Um, there's they a just lot want of, the story. They want the they, big, yep. they, they want, the, want a they, story. The dirt from the beginning, and they don't care about the outcome necessarily. Um, and I do see that around here, or just miss um, information, like the cat case that we've talked about that is still mm. ongoing. Yeah. Um, information was incorrectly disseminated in the media on that case. That never happens. <laughs> the media is so truthful, isn't it? hundred <laughs> percent. Everything is facts on the media all the time. Um, um, well, before we wrap up, I, dude, I want to thank you for like, just taking the time out, being flexible, coming on the show uh, and getting, getting the word out there. How do you, so are you on, where, what's your socials, man? Are you on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok? How do we find you? Um, I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, EXMENPG, XMENPG. Uh, actually, if you go to my TikTok, I have a couple of uh, animal control videos that got a, got a good, quite a bit of views on there. So y'all go to my TikTok. Y'all can check me out. Um, yeah, and also, um, if anybody's in the DFW area at Dallas, Texas, come to Dallas Comedy Club. I host open mic there every Friday at 5 p.m. I mean, every Sunday at 5 p.m. I perform on the improv team, on the house team, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. And, uh, yeah, I'm always in and out of that club. Like, that's my second home. So uh, all that. And the Trap Nurse Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, The Trap Nurse Podcast. And is it you and how many other hosts are on that? Uh, we got my brother, uh, Baku X Baku, his name is Eli. Uh, my other friend, Tony, uh, VX Vash. And my best friend, uh, Dre. Um, Drizzy Dre Popcorn. We're all four on that show. And like I said, we stream every episode every Monday on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Are any of them as funny as you? Drizzy yes, Dre Popcorn might be funny just because his name. Like, oh, I, yes. a, he might be funny. They are all funny. And like we had <laughs> uh the, the Terra Bang did no, I think it was no, it was Hype Magazine did an article on on us. And they called my brother the comedian. I was like, "What? He, wait, I'm the comedian." Hold <laughs> Yo. <laughs> so, like, yeah, they, they're some funny guys. Wait, wait, the media got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, they got it wrong. I'm like, I'm the comedian. What are you talking about? No, nah, but, uh, but yeah, like, uh, but yeah, yeah, funny guys. We're all funny guys. We we have a sense of humor. It's nothing serious on that show ever. We we, we laugh. You know, it's so much serious going on outside in the on this planet we we like to let people come listen to us and have a laugh have some humor not take everything so seriously you know absolutely well 
hey, you forgot to mention your book. People can check that out on Amazon. Arrived mm. on scene, The Diary of Roy Zander. And, you know, Christmas is right around the corner. That yes. can make a good gift for some of our fellow animal protection, animal control officers. So check out the book. Uh, I don't believe that one's sitting on a boat in the Pacific right now. So it's probably in a warehouse ready to be shipped. Um, and, um, also on the book, um, um, I have not reached a thousand uh, copies sold yet. So I lowered the number. I'm going to reach, if I get up to 500 copies sold, I would donate $500 to a animal care and control organization uh, that I would choose at random. So that's still going on and that will be going on until I hit 500 copies. Uh, just want to put that. Put Let's that get out that there. out there. Man. Let's get this book yeah. up to 500 or 1,000, man. That's that's great that you're going to do that. That's a really good stuff. Um, you you said off air, before we jump off, I, I want to give you the, the floor because uh, you said off air you had some questions about our one of our guests that we had <laughs> on several times ago, several episodes ago, Carol Baskin. Uh, so the floor <laughs> is yours, man. I'm a, I, I'm a big fan of Carol Baskets. I, I actually, hey, I'd love to have her on my podcast uh, because I like to know her story and how, uh, like, I'm uh, like, tell me how you didn't kill your husband. Please tell me. <laughs> Just, I, I want to know your side of the story, uh, please. Uh, and I, I know some ACOs they had run in with Tiger with the Tiger King, like back in Oklahoma. So were they like, selling meth or were they there on a um, in- investigation? That's the real question. <laughs> It was when they found all those dead, I think when they found all those dead animals on his property, mm. um, yeah. very a while ago. But yeah, like, wow. So how, like, what, just, yeah, this is the only question I have. Like, how is she, like, about everything that's going on? Well, Bishop, I don't want to speak for you, but I thought when we had her on, I thought she was excellent. I mean, we, we clearly aren't going to talk to her about this. I, I felt like Netflix, you know, did that kind of spin and made her as the villain as we mm-hmm. all all know but i thought she was great what did you think bishop yeah she had she had a lot of information that i think that could be useful for us um i know there's been some talk in the social media groups about whether or not her sanctuary is all she says it is mm. yeah I saw um that. thanks for saying i that. i really hope that it is everything she says it is and it's one of those that it's going to be really hard to know that without somebody from our profession actually going there and seeing it but i hope that Mm. the people that are out there talking aren't talking just out of their butts and have actually been there to see it Uh, um but she had some fantastic information i i i I think like to to second what you're saying is like people might only know her from how she was portrayed on yeah. Netflix. And, and that's not going to, it's just not going to portray someone's true colors. Right. And so, you Wait, know, we the media is on... wrong. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm going to keep bringing it up. <laughs> and it's kind it's kind of a cult following now to be like yeah. Kara Baskin killed her husband. That's what I'm saying. That's why I want to speak. To, like, I want to tell your side of the story. Tell us what's up. Let me, let me tell me why you're innocent. Like, that's what I want to hear. Like, that's what I want to know. <laughs> well, you can reach out to her bigcatrescue.org, I believe, and just shoot her an email, man. She's really easy to, to get in touch with and she may be willing to come on. I think uh, if you get her on the show, um, you know, just, you know, have at it. I mean, it's an opportunity mm-hmm. for, for her to get out there. I mean, she, she really does sound like she does great work for the big cats. You know, mm-hmm. she's against, um, you know, this, this tiger cub petting and all that stuff. She, she, it looks like she's really there for, 
you know, the humane treatment of, of mm-hmm. these large animals. And, and maybe she would be able to come on and, and tell her side of the story, but also promote the positive stuff that she's doing as well. Yeah. Cause she's had the, the sanctuary for years and sanctuaries that are ran bad. Don't stay open for as long as she's had hers open. So, you know, I know it's some good aspects to it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a great also, I, I don't, I don't know if this is something you do, but maybe it is. So I'm going to promote you. I'm, I'm going to try to be your hype man really quick. <laughs> Um, and so what that looks like is anybody listening that hosts uh, an animal control, animal welfare conference and is looking for entertainment and wants somebody to maybe come in and do some comedy about the profession, reach out to Xavier Poole <laughs> and do. Try, try to get him out there. Cause I think <laughs> you'd make a great, a great, uh, you know, I've been to several animal control conferences mm-hmm. and sometimes it's, it's nice to have that comedy outlet, um, piece to it so whether it's in the texas area or anywhere mm-hmm. uh, reach out man if you're interested in doing that i think we should get you out there uh to some of these conferences telling telling some funny jokes about the profession and or just in general that you already have i'd love to and i'd do it for cheap i, I do it for, <laughs> i promise i'll work for cheap if I, I, it will be my honor to be able to do something like that so anybody out there please let me know well, we'll put your information in the show notes. That mm-hmm. way people can reach out to you directly. And, um, you know, if not, uh, they can reach out to us and we can get you in contact as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, this is a good episode. Bishop, did you have anything else before we wrap it up? One one last quick question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, when you Did you leave just the ACO world because you wanted to move on or... Do you think it was burnout that made you look into doing something else? It was definitely burnout. Um, I was working, like, I think, enormous amount of overtime. Uh, so much that I doubled my salary. Like that's wow. that's how much over. Yeah, that's how much overtime I was working. I think uh, for a week or two straight, I was working twenty hour shifts for six days a week. And I kid you not, like this is the honest truth, and that. It burned me out, and I was going through a breakup also, so that burned me out even more. I think I mentioned that in the book too. So I had to uh, move on to something different because I, I I was losing my passion for it, and oh. I I said I cannot work this job without my passion. So that's that's so fair, and and I think a lot of us can relate to you in that aspect. Mm-hmm. So let me ask this before we go: is before you left, and maybe after you left. When you were there, did you have an identity? And maybe you didn't, but did you have an identity as like I'm an animal control officer? And and if you did, how how did you move on from that identity and and into you into what you do now? It's hard to move on from. Honestly, it is because um, I, I did have that identity. You know, that's that's who I had became over them years of working as an animal control officer. Mm-hmm. Like I know every every ACO former or still that's still ACO. Anytime they hear a dog bark, barking, they'll turn their head real quickly. <laughs> like, oh, there's so the, much truth to that. <laughs> like, that's how I, I'm still. I was still like that, so it, it it it's still with me. It's still a part of me, and it's still a part of my identity. Um, and I hope to do more for the organizations now that I'm out on the outside of it, um, and you know, continue to work with it because, like, so yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a part of me. It is. And, and that's, I know that's some of the hardest part for people to, to separate from this job is like, what, what do I do or what can I do or what I'm capable of doing? And obviously you're living proof of, 
a positive impact in the community after. So thank you for sharing your story. We really appreciate making this connection today and, and hope to, you know, hope to hear from you in the future. It sounds like you're writing another book and would love to get you back on to talk about that at some point and um, keep doing the good work that you're doing over there at the Trap Nerds. And thank you, yeah, man. Definitely uh, appreciate everything you've done positive for this profession. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. I love what you guys are doing and keep it up, please. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as always on the Humane Roundup podcast, check us out on Instagram, Facebook as Humane Roundup and or H.O.Bishop. That's Humane Officer Bishop. And I'm on there as well as Animal Protection Officer Daniel. Don't forget to like, share and rate the podcast. And as always, we like to say here, keep it humane, humane. We kind of got it that time. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Better. <laughs>